Latter-day Saint Home Educators is pleased to bring you this audio presentation recorded live during the February 2023 online Midwinter Home Education Conference. Hi, my name is Emily Jordan, and I'm really excited to be here. When I was first asked to come and speak, I was kind of floored because um, I've only been homeschooling for not even two years. And so I was like, uh, are you kidding me? Like, I have nothing to offer. <laughs> um, but then it was made clear that I don't need to speak on something homeschool related, although this is incredibly homeschool related, totally. Um, but my message today is on building your outpost of heaven, which we'll talk about what that is, on what matters most. And so first I want to introduce myself a little bit more. So this is me and my family. Um, my husband, Andrew, and I met on our missions in Moscow, Russia. And we got home at the same time and started dating pretty much right away. We were home in March of 2013 and were married that August. And it was just really fast, but we knew exactly what we wanted. And it was incredibly clear by the spirit that that's what we needed to do. And then babies came immediately. And it's been a really, really fun journey together as a family. Um, we have four kids and our oldest is six. He just started kind of learning. We're, we're in the process of learning how to read. And that's really fun and exciting for him. He really loves it. So, and then my daughter is four. She's turning five soon. And she's working on some preschool stuff, which is really fun for her too. She looks up to her brother and just wants to be just like him. And then I have a two and a half year old and a baby who is almost 18 months. He's almost in nursery. So close. Um, so let's see. We found out about LDSHE through a friend and I was... I have been to the in-person one. I went last year in May and it was, my friend had told me about it and I was like, oh yeah, well, like, oh, I don't want to fly all the way out there. We're from the Baton Rouge area. I didn't mention that before, but we're from Baton Rouge. And I was like, that's, that's a lot of money to like get out there and to figure out like accommodations and things. But, um, as I was telling her like, thanks, but like, no, thanks kind of a thing. Um, the spirit was like, you need to be there. And I was like, but I have time. Like I'm this, this is only my first year of homeschooling. Like it's not a big deal. Like I'll just, I'll, I'll figure this out as I go along. And the spirit was like, Emily, you need to be there. And so we worked it out and it was incredibly pivotal for, for me. And kind of, it helped me to decide that this is absolutely what I want to do for the rest of our like family's education. And so I'm so grateful for for you guys for showing up and for all of the, the leaders that have put this together and made this possible. Okay. So we started a podcast in 2019 called outpost of heaven, the podcast. And, um, it's something that was really difficult for me to, to do at first because I'm quite reserved and get really nervous really easily. And he's very the opposite of that. And so um, he was really excited and I was very skeptical, but we've been an awesome team together working on this podcast. We've had a lot of really cool guests on. And what we do is we just like share. Um, we have some episodes of just us and other episodes with guests that we found. And we share how we are living the gospel of Jesus Christ, what that looks like in our homes and in our families and our guests share how that looks too. I feel like it's it's really easy to see what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. And like, we don't really know how, what it looks like for other people sometimes. And so it's been really awesome to have some really, really amazing guests on to talk about what, what specific challenges that they face in, in living the gospel of Jesus Christ with their families. So um, before we really dive in, I want to see in the chat, if you can tell me how long you've been homeschooling, because I'm such a noob at this. I just, I want to know. How, how much experience do we have here? So five years, seven years, 18 years, oh, 16 years, fifth year. Okay. Oh my gosh. I have 
so much to look up to. Okay, I'm excited. Um, okay, so I hope that as you've attended this conference, you've been able to prepare and ponder and even start to figure out what matters most to you and your family, because that was the theme, right? What matters most to you? What matters most to your family, to your homeschool? There are so many influences in the world and of the world, some bad, some good and better and best. We absorb and consume so much content, especially if you're on social media. There is so much that is shared and we, we see how everyone does it. You know, we see how everyone is using their parenting skills or what parenting styles they have and what's best and, and the homeschool styles and, and why you should do this and not this. And sometimes it's super overwhelming. And I just feel like, like I'm, I'm in the thick of it. There's that phrase, that cliche, I'm in the thick of it in the thick of what though. Um, I heard this phrase from someone in a leadership training. It was like in the thick of thin things or something, the things that are fleeting, the things that, that don't really matter that we, we let ourselves be so consumed and overwhelmed by things that are not of eternal importance and getting wrapped up in the thick of thin things. There it is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's really important that we figure out what is important, what are our priorities and how can we get to the bottom of what matters most so that we can build our lives and our families and our outposts of heaven on that. So as I speak, listen to the spirit because um, this is a Latter-day Saint conference. I kind of assume that most, if not all of us are members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, we have the gift of the Holy Ghost and he's going to be the best teacher, not me. So make sure that if ideas come to your head, you write them down or you make a a serious mental note if you don't have um, a way to write them down right now, but listen to the spirit because he will be the best teacher. Okay. We're going to talk about what is an outpost of heaven. Um, a definition of an outpost first is a security detachment dispatched by a main body of troops to protect it from enemy attacks and to project power and influence. So we are all spirit sons and daughters of loving heavenly parents. Heaven was our home before this life, and heaven is our home after this life. And this life that we're in right now is our preparatory state, as explained in the Book of Mormon, right? This is our time to, to learn about God and to prepare to meet him again. We've been sent down to earth to in families to create these homes away from our heavenly home, and we want it to be as close to heaven as we can get it. And Satan is real. And he doesn't have a body and he doesn't have a family. And he's jealous of that. He's out to destroy our families. He's out to uh, cause chaos and misery. And uh, we as parents have been called to defend our homes and our families. So let me reread that definition a little bit. An outpost of heaven is a security detachment or a home dispatched by a main body, our heavenly parents in Jesus Christ to protect it from enemy attacks, Satan and his influences, and to project spiritual power and influence. So let me tell you a little story. You've heard it before, but I am going to tell it just a tiny bit differently, maybe. Um, once upon a time, there were three little pigs. Pardon my voices too, because I have to do voices, but they're not that good. <laughs> once upon a time, there were three little pigs. The first little pig was very lazy. He built his house out of straw because it was easy and he didn't want to put in any work. The second little pig was a little more hardworking, but not much. He built his house out of sticks because it was quick and he just wanted to get it out of the way so he could have fun now and he'd work on it maybe later. The third little pig worked hard all day and built his house out of bricks. It was a sturdy house with sturdy walls, a fireplace, windows, shutters, a sturdy foundation, locks on the doors, um, security systems, everything that he could ever want in his house. The next day, a sneaky wolf passed by the road where the three little pigs all lived. He saw the straw house and he smelled the pig inside and thought that he would make a fine dinner out of that pig. So he knocked and knocked on the door, but no one answered. 
Little pig, little pig, let me in, he belted. But the little pig squeaked back. No, 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 not by the hairs on my chinny chin chin. Looking at the first little pig's house with confidence, the wolf said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And he did. The house came down easily, but the little pig ran to hide with the second little pig. The wolf moved on, confidently looking at the next house, made only out of sticks, and eagerly awaiting his dinner of two pigs inside. So he knocked on the door and knocked and knocked, but no one answered. Little pig, little pig, let me in. But the little pig squeaked, no, 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 not by the hairs on our chinny chin chins. Rolling his eyes, the wolf said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And he did. The house came down quickly, and luckily the two little pigs escaped to hide with their brother safe inside his sturdy brick house. The wolf approached the third house now, made of brick, and though he was confident in his general blowing strength, he looked at the house and wondered if this would be possible. It looked so sturdy and confident and strong in its foundation, but he was determined. He knocked on the door, and he said, little pigs, little pigs, let me in. And the little pigs replied, not by the hairs on our chinny chin chins. The wolf was angry. He threatened once more, I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed some more, but the house didn't budge at all. He could not blow down the house. It was too sturdy. He was in a rage. He must try by some other way to get these pigs for dinner. He tried jiggling the doorknob. He tried opening the shutters, but everything was locked up so tight. He climbed up onto the roof and sneakily scooched himself down the chimney, but felt his little bum getting warmer and warmer. Not only was the house sturdy, but the third little pig was prepared with a fire in his fireplace. They had a pot on to boil, and as soon as they heard him sliding down, they removed the pot's lid and let the wolf fall into boil. The three little pigs feasted well that night. And in the morning, the first and second little pig went back to their properties to build their houses out of brick, too. The third little pig rejoiced and gave thanks that his house was sturdy enough to fight off and kill the enemy. The end. <laughs> Um, friends, I think it's a little obvious that we want to be like the third little pig, right? Uh, we don't want to be like the first little pig who was just too lazy and didn't want to put in the work. We don't want to be like the second little pig who had the idea to maybe do it later that he could have fun now and work on it later. We want to be like the third little pig who's prepared, who is strong now, even when he doesn't see the threat, who, he will prepare now for the future. We want to have our sturdy foundations and our sturdy walls and our windows and our locks on the doors. But what are those metaphorical walls and shutters, windows, locks, foundations? What, what's keeping Satan the wolf out? Could it be our church attendance, our family scripture study, our family councils and rules? There are so many resources that we have that we can use to build our homes or our outposts of heaven on the sturdy foundation of the Savior Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about a handful of those resources and materials and building tools soon. Um, Elder Ballard gave an amazing talk we're going to touch on later also called Family Councils from April 2016. And he said, there was a time when the walls of our homes provided all the defense we needed against the outside intrusions and influences. We locked the doors and closed the windows. We shut the gates. We felt safe and secure and protected in our own little refuges from, out, from the outside world. Those days are now gone. The physical walls, doors, fences, and gates of our homes cannot prevent unseen invasion from the internet, Wi-Fi, mobile phones, the networks. They can penetrate our homes with just a few clicks and keystrokes. So what matters most? What is our family's foundation? What is our metaphorical piggy house built on? Building your home centered on Christ is work. It doesn't happen by itself. It does not happen without effort. So one thing we can do to start that is to start with ourselves. Just like the cliche that we can't pour from an empty cup, we cannot strengthen our outposts until we are strengthening ourselves. That doesn't mean that we have to be perfectly strong first to start working on our family, but we have to be putting in the work for ourselves while we're putting in the work for our family. Um, let me pull up the slides again. 
I have some questions for you to think about, and I just want you to take a little minute um, and look at these questions. Oh, there was the piggy slide. <laughs> uh, okay. So here are a few questions, and I'll give you about a minute to look over these, and you can ask yourself some other con contemplative questions as well. But how are you strengthening yourself? How is your personal study of the scriptures? How are your prayers? Do you feel close to the Savior? How is your temple attendance? And how are your temple experiences while you're attending the temple? So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to just think about that. Hopefully that was enough time. If not, I'm sorry. So when we are strengthening ourselves, we can project that spiritual power and strengthen our families or our own outposts of heaven. And then once you're doing that, you can project that spiritual power and start strengthening other spheres of influences that you have, your co-op, your social media platform, your sports teams, your library group, your neighborhood, your ward, your youth group, your communities. And as as those things build, um, well, well, I kind of lost some time. We as Latter-day Saints are seeking to bring others to Christ, right? That That's kind of drilled into who we are. And the world, it does, it does the world no good to like hunker down spiritually. We need to be sharing our light and sharing our spiritual power into the, into the next sphere of influence. Elder Rasband spoke in April 2019 about building a fortress of spiritual spirituality and protection. And when he gave this talk, my husband and I were already talking about the concept of an outpost of heaven. And when he gave this, we were like, this is amazing. This is everything that we are thinking of and talking about. And I, I mean, this is absolutely right. This talk down is Elder Rasband's April 2019, building a fortress of spirituality and protection. Um, it's absolutely amazing. And we all need to read it again and again and again. But I will read a little quote from here. It's bigger than a little. But Christ-centered homes are fortresses for the kingdom of God on earth. In a day when as prophesied, the devil rages in the hearts of the children of men and stirs them up, stirs them up to anger against that which is good. People have built fortresses throughout history to keep the enemy outside. Often those fortresses include a guard tower where watchmen like prophets warn of menacing forces and coming attacks. Our homes are fortresses against the evils of the world. In our homes, we come unto Christ by learning to follow his commandments, by studying the scriptures and praying together, and by helping one another stay on the covenant path. The emphasis on personal and family study in, in the home through this curriculum, Come Follow Me, is designed to deepen our conversion and to help us become more like Jesus Christ. In so doing, we will become what Paul said, or what Paul called, new creatures with our hearts and souls in tune with God. We need that strength to face and deflect the assaults of the adversary. So just like in the three little pig story, the third little pig used proper materials to build his house. He went above and beyond to make sure that it was sturdy enough for the enemy to stay out. I guess he got in, but he was killed. So <laughs> um, to fight off the enemy. So we need to also be using proper materials and tools to build our outposts of heaven. And so I have gathered up five materials or tools, and there are so many more. I'm sure you, uh, you're all using amazing probably all of these, but also some more amazing materials and tools in your family to strengthen, to strengthen your home and family. So the first one is come follow me, the come follow me curriculum. We love the come follow me curriculum. Uh, I absolutely love it, especially for littles. I mean, I don't have experiences with other older kids, um, but for our family, it is perfect because there are little nuggets to be shared that we can use every day. There's something, there's enough content for every day and um, there's videos and pictures to share. And we love that, that it's church-wide. I was recently in a primary presidency meeting. I'm in the primary presidency in our ward and we were going over the handbook, just the introduction section of primary, where it says that 
primary, like the primary organization is a home-centered, church-supported organization. And that sounds like, duh, like we know that we've been talking about that. But I've always thought about that as like the church being a home-centered, church-supported church. But it is the primary program in and of itself is home-centered, church-supported. We are learning We are provided with this material, come follow me, we're learning it at home. And then the kids are learning the same material for hopefully the second or third time at church, not for the first time at church. And I just love that. Some of our, um, I want to share, I want to get honest and share some of our strengths and weaknesses with how we're doing, come follow me. Um, First, our strength is consistency. We're pretty good about doing it every single day. And I love that that we've gotten into such a routine that our kids can expect that. Um, but our weakness, mine, especially my husband's way more patient with the littles than I am. My weakness is that it's hard for me to be patient. Um, when I want to have a spiritual moment and there's toys being thrown around and kids are crazy and running around and so-and-so needs to go potty and so-and-so is whining because he wants water. And, and it's a little bit chaotic and I want to just like throw the book down and, gosh, darn, everybody feels spirit, right? (laughs) Um, And it just doesn't work out how I want to. And what I need to work on with that is accepting that consistency is sometimes more important than the quality of the family study. Um, So, but I I do, I know that it's important. (laughs) The content is obviously important, Um, but consistency is, is also good. Um, And hopefully they will remember that consistency. You know, I think it was um, Elder Bednar that talked about how in his home with the boys that it was just chaos all the time. And they were thinking like, why are we doing this? Right. Like, are they getting anything? But if, if the only thing they really get is consistency and that carries them through so that they are consistent later in life with their scripture studies and that is worth it. Right. Um, President Russell M. Nelson when he, I don't think he was introducing Come Follow Me at this point, but maybe he was. It was in October of 2018. His talk was called Becoming Exemplary Latter-day Saints. And he said, the new home-centered church-supported integrated curriculum has the potential to unleash the power of families as each family follows through conscientiously and carefully to transform their home into a sanctuary of faith. I promise that as you diligently work to remodel your home into a center of gospel learning, over time, your Sabbath days will truly be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn the Savior's teachings, and the influence of the adversary in your life and in your home will decrease. Changes in your home will be dramatic and sustaining. Um, What promises? He just lists out a bunch of promises. And we... We know from Doctrine and Covenants, I think it was Doctrine and Covenants, that um, that whether by my own voice or the, by the voice of my servants, it is the same, right? We are getting promises right here from a prophet, and that's promises from God. And I want to I wanna reread those promises. So he's saying that if we work on remodeling our home into centers of gospel learning, we will, I promise that that as you do this over time, your Sabbath days will be a delight. Your children will be excited to learn the Savior's teachings. The influence of the adversary in your home and in your life will decrease. And these changes will be dramatic and sustaining. So we cannot afford to not have these blessings in our homes. Okay, the second material or tool that I want to talk about is family councils. I love this concept of family councils. Elder Ballard, when he spoke about this in April of 2016, he called family councils the most important of all the councils in the church. And that's pretty, that's pretty powerful. He says a family council, when conducted with love and with Christ-like attributes, will counter the impact of modern technology that often distracts us from spending time, quality time with each other, and also tends to bring evil right into our homes. So he gave us four different kinds of family councils that we can strive for in our homes. The first one is the full family council. And that is pretty self-explanatory. It's the full family. Um, And he specifically says that this isn't necessarily family home evening, but um, 
it's where the whole family gets together and discusses the needs of the family and um, prays for one another and maybe some scheduling or something. Just the whole family is getting together to make sure they're doing what they need to do so that the family can run smoothly. Um, the next one is the executive family council, which is parents only. Andrew and I love this one. We are pretty good about this one. Um, we have, I don't know how many of you guys served a mission. Can I see that in the chats? Where did you go on your mission if you served a mission? Arizona, Houston, Tempe, Spanish, Anaheim. Awesome. Okay, so if you served a mission or if you've read Preach My Gospel, you know about weekly planning, right? <laughs> um, and it seems a little silly to think of weekly planning in a marriage. And we actually did use Preach My Gospel a few times in our early marriage to do our weekly planning. Um, but we don't, we haven't done that in quite a while. But we do weekly planning um, on Sunday nights and we go over our individual schedules and our family schedule and make sure that we're able to help each other out with what needs to happen schedule-wise and with our own goals. How can we help serve each other in helping each other meet our own, our own goals or, or our goals as a couple? Um, we also do nightly counseling. Um, do you know the feeling? Raise your hand maybe if you know the feeling of, okay, you've done everything that you can possibly do in the day and you get the kids to bed and then it's like day two of your day starts, right? Like your second day starts once the kids go to bed and you're like, dang it, I can't just go to bed. Um, so I have found that, that what really helps us in that moment of like, man, I just, just why is the second day happening? Um, we, we come together and we're like, okay, hey, let's counsel. And that's like our cue of like, what, what would we like to get done tonight so that tomorrow starts smoothly? Whether that's, okay, you're going to do the dishes. I'm going to clean the family room or you're going to do this task. I'll do this task. We divvy it up. I also work a little bit in the evenings as an artist. And so I spend most probably four to five nights a week painting. And so it's really hard for me to put the kids down and then, okay, now house things and then I can start working. And so it's very helpful for Andrew to be able to be there as a counselor with me to counsel, to figure out what needs to happen so that we can have a smooth start to our day. And I mean, a nice evening also, but then like a smooth start to the next day. Um, the next council that Elder Ballard talks about is the one-on-one -on -one family council. We like to call these dates. We try to go on dates with the kids at least once a week, like one of us once a week. And they can be as, they can, they can be free. Kids, especially little kids don't care. You can go on a walk with them and they'll just love spending that quality time with you. They want to feel special. And we've gone on drives. We've gone on walks. We've gone on bike rides. We have gone to like to get an ice cream or something, but just something small that will show your child that like, hey, you are an individual and you're not just lumped up into all the rest of the kids. And I want to spend time with you. Um, and that way, too, you can learn about some of the, the challenges or the anxieties that your child has, because you don't always get to see that or know that when they're all lumped up together. Right. Um, <clears throat> I, oh, I missed one of the, the counseling. The other one is the limited family council where it's both parents and one child. Um, I want to talk about this <clears throat> together because I haven't actually figured out a good way to do this one. This is where both parents are with one child. And I feel like because maybe because my oldest is still so young, like I'm not sure how to quite make that work because we can't just like grab both of us, take one child out without like getting a babysitter, if that makes sense. So if you have any experience with this limited family council, can you share what that might look like in your family, either in the chat or I don't know, can I, can you unmute yourselves? Does that work? Okay, hold on. Nicole Freeman says, uh, yes, we call this the guidance counseling session and our kids are older. Okay. I'm not sure if that was to other things or if that was to the limited family council. Um, but if you can unmute yourself, 
Stephanie, I see that you're not muted. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Nicole still. No, you're good. Um, I was just going to say, like, we have taken the opportunity to, like, just take that one child aside, like, maybe the younger ones are playing Legos or whatever, and then we mm-hmm. take that child into our room or, in, you know, whatever, and then just talk to them. A lot of times it has to do with, like, um, the youth program or the children's goals um, for, like, eight-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The progress. Yeah. And so like that, just kind of like, hey, how are you doing on that? Without leaving the house, without Mm -hmm. calling it a date or whatever. All the other kids are home so we can hear an emergency is happening. (laughs) Right, right. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Does anybody else have any experience with the limited council? I can explain what we do. Okay. Yes, please. So our kids are older. And um, so we take this time to like go over their individual schedules, whether it's school related, church related, sports, what everything related. Mm -hmm. And we're pretty much, I put guidance counseling because I felt like we're, I, one day we were doing, I'm like, I feel like we're guidance counselors. Like in high school, we go to the guidance counselor and they'd help us get on our track to, you know, graduation and all. And that's what it actually feels like now that our kids are older. When they were younger, it was just, um, I don't know, we would ask them how things were going at church or what they learned. Cause usually we did it on Sunday. So like what they learned in church that day. Um, but right now, at least it really does give us a chance to talk about the things that they are, um, concerned about. Um, but it's mostly related to sort of their track on like what their goals are and what they're trying to achieve and how we can help them achieve them. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. So heavenly father has provided the council system to strengthen and protect and safeguard and nurture our most precious relationships, which should be the ones in our own family. Okay, the third material or tool is personal revelation and stewardship. So President Nelson taught in coming days, we will not, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. That's pretty powerful, right? So we need to figure out how do we feel the spirit? Because Heavenly Father has sent us his other children. Our spiritual brothers and sisters, our spirit brothers and sisters are with us. And we're we're their parents. And what a privilege that is and a blessing and a big responsibility. But he has placed them in our care because he trusts us to do a good job. And he's given us that stewardship. So with that stewardship, we have the power to receive revelation for our families. We need to figure out what that looks like, what that feels like for us and for our, for our spouse as well as, as a unit. Um, obedience brings blessings. If you are seeking obedience, you will be more likely, it's more likely that you will have that revelation. Um, something that I like to say a lot lately is like what the Lord likes. Figure out what the Lord likes and you like that too, <laughs> because that's, that's the safe place to be is liking what the Lord likes and doing what the Lord needs you to do. <clears throat> Excuse me, turning into a frog. <clears throat> okay. So the fourth material or tool is time budgeting. This is not my idea. Um, I've heard it before, but Sister Renlin came to speak to our area in the fall this past fall. And she shared this with us and it was super helpful. So I wanted to share it here too. Budget your time. Like you would budget your money. You, you and your husband or you and your spouse. Um, I don't know if we have dads here too, but, um, you and your spouse get to decide what is important to spend your time on. And so you pick the things that you have time for, and you make the time for the things that you want to have time for. And after that, you set aside everything else that you don't have time for, and then you don't feel guilty about it. That's the trick is you, if you're going to, you're going to use this tool, you're going to own your time budget. 
it's yours. And so you don't get to feel, you shouldn't feel guilty about how you're spending it because it was your choice, right? Um, some parents I know choose not to fold their laundry. They take it out of the dryer and they separate it into piles of kids and the kids take the pile. The kids want to fold it. They can fold it. If not, it gets, they throw it in their drawers and that's just something that they've sacrificed. They have decided that folding laundry is not something they want to spend their time on. You, yeah, Stephanie. <laughs> okay. Other families have decided it's, it's the intention, right? You decided to do that. Other families have decided that they are going to rely more heavily on uh, like frozen meals or takeout because it will save time. It's just a way of how you spend your time. Some homeschoolers, raise your hand if you do this, um, don't have homeschool on Fridays. Do you do that? Anybody? <laughs> kind of? Yeah. I've heard that that's pretty, pretty common to not school on Fridays. Um, because you're choosing to spend that time to strengthen your family. You're choosing it to spend it on something that you would rather do together. You're owning your time budget. So don't feel guilty about those, those things that you're doing or not doing, I guess, because you're deciding how to spend your time. For me, I used to keep a really clean house, house clean day on Monday. Yep. I do grocery delivery. Awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so my house used to be really, really clean all the time. I, I do love cleaning. I love a clean space. For me, it helps me to feel a spirit. Um, I got really picky today because I was like, I want the house clean before I present because then I'm not going to be able to feel the spirit and I'm going to be all off. I'm sitting looking at a really disgusting family room right now. <laughs> it didn't get clean and that's okay. I used to keep a really clean house, but I recently discovered that I just can't do that with four kids under six. Like I can't keep up with it. I would be, if I were to clean up after myself and the kids all day long, I wouldn't do anything else. And so I have made that conscious decision that sometimes things will be left messy and that is okay because I don't want to spend all day long just cleaning. I want to spend my time doing the things with the kids. Um, I, I don't want my kids to look back and think that motherhood is cleaning. I don't want them to think of me as a mom, as the cleaner, you know, I don't want them to ever think that motherhood is, is being a house cleaner. And so that perspective has really changed the way that I clean and the way that I, I don't clean <laughs> with, with guilt-free is the trip, right? Guilt-free is the trick. I saw something in the chat that I, because it was probably relevant. Let me just pop that up. Totally picking up a grocery order later tonight. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. I have switched over to grocery pickup too, which we actually like going to the grocery store because for some wild reason, my kids do good at the grocery store. I don't know how we got lucky with that, but they love going to the grocery store. Um, but lately it's just been like, okay, I'm not sure I have enough time for this. Like, do I want to spend my time at the grocery store? Not really. Um, so lately we have been doing a lot of grocery pickup too. Okay. So along with that water break, I mean, I just gave away my, my spiel, but along with the time budgeting is a water break. Um, this concept that my husband and I came up with, he actually came up with it because I was in like a, a freak out mode, feeling like I had to get everything done and I was super overwhelmed, had to get it all done. Can't take a break because then I would be lazy or I, I, I didn't deserve a break because I hadn't done all the things yet. You know, um, parenting is so fun and it's a lot of work. We're always on duty or we're on call. There's no like off button. Right. And, and it is really fun, but we deserve breaks too. We can have a break just like an athlete takes a break for a, a sip of water, you know, athletes have water breaks and timeouts and recovery time. And we don't think twice about that, right? Like we don't, we don't judge them for getting a sip of water. We're not like, oh, you don't deserve water. <laughs> like That's silly. So we need to make sure that we're taking our own water breaks. I mean, yes, literal drink, drink water. Yes. But like, we need to be sure that we are taking some time for ourselves at least once every day, whether that's sneaking away to the bedroom for a nice long prayer or whether that's actually watching a movie with the kids instead of trying to squeeze more chores in while they watch a movie. Or maybe it looks like reading a book 
or just enjoying time outside instead of, for me, I was like, oh, the kids are playing outside. I have to be outside. So I'll, I'll start weeding or I'll clean the garage. Like just sit, you know, <laughs> like it's okay to just take a break. <laughs> um, because I mean, it, it sounds like a silly metaphor here, but like an athlete gets a water break. We, we can have a break too. So me and my husband, will make sure we send each other texts throughout the day. Did you get your water break? Or if I am having an overwhelming moment, he was like, have you had your water break? Like, no, it makes a huge difference. It really does. And not just in that short term, but in the long run, right? A, a little water break for an athlete makes him play better over time, right? If he's constantly getting breaks and recovering, he gets better over time. Same for us. A water break might feel good in the moment. Yes, it'll help. Well, it'll feel nice to get some time for ourselves, but it's also going to help us to be better mothers and better homeschooler better teachers, better, better at whatever role, whatever hat we're wearing at the moment, right? We're going to be better at that if we're making sure to take time for ourselves. Okay. The last tool that I have to talk about, and I know there's a lot more, but I can't can't cap at five because five is a lot. Um, It's words of faith and positivity. Celebrate your wins, acknowledge and express gratitude for the things that are working well. So sometimes when I spiral, I will say, words of absolutes, meaning I never blah, 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 or the kids never do this, or I always feel this, or this never works. You know, those absolute words are lies. If you're using them, you're lying to yourselves because things just aren't as absolute as we think they are. In preparation for this, I felt like, like, I knew what the concept of an outpost of heaven was at first. And then as I started, you know, like when you give a talk about patience or something, it's suddenly like your week is terrible and you have no patience and you're like, come on. Um, but I kind of felt like that preparing for this. I was like, what even is an outpost of heaven? This is not like my home is not Christ center. <laughs> um, but, but as I was spiraling in these absolutes, my husband's like, you got to stop using absolutes because you're just lying to yourself. It's not that black and white. Like you have good moments. You have moments of success and you need to focus on those moments of success and moments of joy and peace and kindness, no matter how short lived they might feel. It's really good to see where we can improve. Repentance is good. We need to repent, right? And we need to have goals, but we have to be able to see the wins and the successes along the way, because there is good in what you're doing. You're building your home and your family on the principles of Jesus Christ. You're doing a good job. So we need to see that, right? We need to choose to believe that we have heavenly help in our homes to run our families and to homeschool. And we need to practice that gratitude. Gratitude is words of faith and positivity as well. We need to be grateful to ourselves, to our heavenly father, to our children, to our husband. Um, We need to make sure that we're talking to ourselves the way that heavenly father would talk to us as well. Um, and not to put ourselves down or use, use those words of the absolute words. I need to come up with something. I don't know with that, but words of absolutes, I guess. Um, so I want you to think for a moment. I want you to look at these questions and answer your, to yourself this question. And then we can maybe go over it quickly, but if you want to share. But what is one thing or system or routine that you're currently loving about your outpost of heaven? What is one debris kind of as explained by President Nelson that we need to get rid of like the debris in our home? Um, What is one debris or system or routine that you can get rid of because it's no longer serving you? That sounds negative, but it's not a negative because getting rid of debris, that's a positive thing. That is that is a win for sure. Right. And then what is one thing or routine or system that is really working for you right now? Because right now is the key, right? When, when we have children and many children, it's easy for, for phases to change so quickly, right? Things change so fast. Routines change even when we don't want them to or likes and dislikes change. And so what might work now will never work again, (laughs) or what might never seem like, oh, this is never going to work, like might work amazing tomorrow. So like, what is working really well for you right now? 
<laughs> think about that for just a minute and then we can share if you would like to share in the chat or anything that you find is a win that you love about your outposts of heaven right now or that you find is working really well for you right now i'll share one little simple thing yes my please. kids are like <clears throat> my kids are, that are home homeschooling right now are 6 10 and 14 okay. so they're they're kind of independent now so um I wanted to give them more responsibility and they all love to cook. So I brainstormed through and we like nicknamed our days of the week, like meat Monday and taco Tuesday and all of that yeah. brainstorm yeah. all the meals that they know how to make in each of those categories and just wrote them on a sheet and put them in a slip cover on the fridge. So like Saturday before we go shopping or before I go shopping, they pick what they're going to cook for the week and just check it off like a menu. And we do that for lunches too. So then it's not like all the decisions are made and they know when to start cooking dinner or start making lunch. And the snack list is there too. And I love it because that my meal plans, it's been like this haunting, exhausting thing for me for years. Cause I'm like kind of a, a survival eater. Like I only eat because I know mm -hmm. I have to move on. My husband loves fancy meals and stuff, but now this is really great because my kids can cook and have fun with it. I have a little bit of time to do like other things that I need to get done and we all eat good meals and they're having fun with it. It's great. <laughs> so it's a good system. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I love that's working well for you. I'm seeing some things in the chat. Um, my children do their own laundry. Wow. Cassandra, how old are your children? 15 and almost 13. 15, 15. Okay. Um, our temple routine and dinner routine. And Cassandra says, I'm curious what your temple routine is, Kara. Kara, Kara. Sorry. It's Kara. You got it right. Um, our temple routine is that my husband and I go um, and we're temple workers and we work on the second and fourth Friday of the month. Um, he's there tonight and I'm not because I'm here, but that's okay. Um, right. And then our uh, our older kids turn that into like, so we have a bunch of teenagers and then we have a six-year-old, but they turn it into like, like a pizza party night. So they look forward to us going to the temple and then we look forward to going to the temple. And um, it's just really neat. It's like everyone's, our, the whole family is <laughs> about temple service, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Win-win for everyone. That's great. Um, slow cooker here. Jen says slow cooker here. Use it nearly daily. That's awesome. I know I could use mine more often, especially Instant Pot. I have one, but I'm like scared of it. I need to learn to use yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah, the Instant Pot is nice too. If you need something yeah. cooked like more quickly. But yeah. I, I work like Monday through Thursday, one to five. So I need dinner done need when I ready. get off work. Yeah. yeah, that's the first thing I do every morning is put dinner in the slow cooker. Sometimes I'll put it in the instant pot and then it can just stay on warm all day. It just oh, depends nice. what I'm making. But um, yeah, that's awesome. It's a total game. Well, good. I'm glad that you guys are finding the things in your in your homes that are working well. And I hope that if if you really feel like which is actually what I'm going to address right now, what if it feels like it's not working? Right. How can we feel successful? Um, no matter what you do to build your outposts of heaven on what matters most, no matter how much effort or commitment you have, your kids are still going to be kids and they'll still fight with each other and with you. And they'll still call each other names and roll their eyes. And mom might still explode and raise her voice and dad might still snap. And there will still be punishments and groundings or anger and frustration and confusion. Some of these things might stay the same. Um, my husband lovingly calls parenthood civilizing the barbarians with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think that's just so hilarious. But when in my moments of like frustration, I think of that and it just makes me smile because it's so funny. But um, in second Nephi chapter five, verses one through two, Nephi writes, behold, it came to pass that I Nephi did cry much unto the Lord, my God, because of the anger of my brethren, but behold, their anger did increase against me in so much that they did seek to take away my life. That's a little more dramatic than I mean for it to be, but Nephi is so sick of the contention and anger in his home that he is pleading with the Lord for some relief from it. 
but that relief just doesn't come. What? Like, why not? Like, he's a prophet. This is Nephi. And his prayer's not getting answered. But we, because we're all children of God, we all have our agency, whether we like it or not. And sometimes we'd like to pick who gets agency and who doesn't, but that's just not, that's not the case. That's not God's plan. God's plan is for everyone to have agency. And <clears throat> Nephi's success as a brother, as a son of God, as a follower of Jesus Christ, and as a builder of his outpost of heaven is not determined by the agency or the use of agency of those over whom he has stewardship. His success is determined and measured by his commitment and his own effort. So we need to exercise faith that if we teach our children correct principles, then in time they will govern themselves, like Joseph Smith said, and then that they will stay or make it back on the covenant path by some eternal calendar. Our success is only in our commitment. No effort is wasted. And every effort is appreciated. Even if it isn't appreciated by our family, it's appreciated by your heavenly father. He is going to use your efforts and consecrate them for good, even if you can't see it. Um, it's not about running a perfect home. It's not about perfection at all. You won't be perfect. Neither will I. Your outpost of heaven and your home and your family, nothing is going to be perfect. Only Jesus Christ has led a perfect life. And it's only through him that we can continue to improve ours. And what a marvelous opportunity our loving Heavenly Father has given us to raise his children. He trusts you and he loves you and he stands by you. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Latter-day Saint Home Educators is a nonprofit, all-volunteer organization dedicated to providing inspiration to homeschool families. We hope you enjoyed this recording. If you are interested in listening to more recordings or would like to participate in a future conference, please visit our website at ldshe.org.